Hello, 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 and welcome to The Fandom Show, the podcast where we learn about fantastic fandoms by talking to our favorites about their favorites. I am Kaya Green. And I am Stephanie Malik. And today, we are talking about the franchise that made sound effects like and and Oh, I can't do a Wookiee. That was Chewbacca. That is impossible. That was the worst Um, Chewbacca in the world. uh, Famous sound effects, it's Star Wars! Yay! Yay. So sorry about that. Uh, I'm um, not. I apologize for (laughs) nothing. Uh, Steph. Yes. What do you know about Star Wars? Star Wars. Great. I think I am a very average fan of Star Wars. I've seen all of the main movies uh, of the uh, Skywalker saga, I guess it's called. If you will. If you will, will and I will. And I did. Uh, I've seen uh, I've seen The Mandalorian. I'm not caught up on the two most recent, uh, Book of Boba Fett or uh, Boba Fett, sorry, and uh, Obi-Wan. I have not gotten to see those yet, but I'm pretty average in terms of fandom. I mean, um, Baby Yoda, a.k.a. Grogu, is my son. Yes. So uh, that's obviously my tie-in to that this universe. canon. That is canon. <laughs> I am canonically Grogu's mother. Don't um, look that up. Don't you look it up. But <laughs> if you do, look on my Instagram because I went a little uh, Bonzo Gonzo for a little bit on there. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm a fairly uh, fairly average Star Wars person. How about you, Kaya? Uh, I would also describe myself as average. Um, I know that it is the story of uh, one Luke Skywalker who becomes Jedi um, and uh, also flies some X-Wings. Uh, there's always some sort of planet-shaped thing that is going to blow up other planet-shaped things. <laughs> uh, Darth Vader, badass. Uh, lightsabers. Extra badass. And Aww. I think that basically summarizes it. So thank you so much for listening today, everybody. That's the Star Wars. Yay. Um, no, obviously this is a hugely expansive world. And I, what I know is like sort of basic nerd stuff. I have seen all of the films, but I don't know them very well. Um, so like I'll get your your average. It's a trap reference, but like if you give me deep lore, I'll, I'll, I'll blink at you um, because I, I don't know. Uh, I like super appreciate this, but it's just never one of the things that I ended up getting getting into to really deep, so yeah. I'm very excited about this episode. Absolutely. And do you know who does know a lot about Star Wars? Oh my God, who, Steph? It's our guest, Andy Hull. Andy, welcome. Andy comes to us. Uh, he's part of Second City Main Stage here in Toronto. He's also a big old nerd. Uh, he was in, I remember Star Wars specifically, uh, Space Janitors was a fun show that you were a part of. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's how it goes. That's, <laughs> that's what it should sound like. Uh, how you doing, Andy? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Thank too. You. So oh, much awesome. for being here. A pleasure. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, we're going to jump right into Let's it. Let's do it. I, that's, right. I came prepared. Let's oh, go. Amazing. We, oh, so much to talk about. So much. Uh, so, Andy, if you're someone was about to delve into the world of Star Wars for the first time, what advice would you give them? Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, I th- it's uh, honestly, despite there being so much to see, it's very simple. You just start with the original trilogy. Yeah. Just OT, do it in the do it in the, the chronological order that chronological. it was released. Okay. Like that yeah. it was released release in. Release order. Not Got it. yeah, release order. Yeah, yeah. Not like timeline chronological. You wouldn't suggest the prequels first? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, I've tried it and uh, I think it's a mistake. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I think I have the sneaking. I think the suspicion. prequels were a mistake, but yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, whatever. You know, the good things came of it though. Yeah. So yeah, simple. Simple as that. Start with New Hope, get into Empire, get into Return of the Jedi, and then just like what seemed coolest to you, there's probably something that's been spun off that you can now chase after and see even more. Amazing. Excellent. And what's your origin story? How did you get into this? Okay. Return of the Jedi was on TV. 
Oh, we love TV. Uh, when I was a kid, and we love TV. <laughs> Thank God for TV. We love TV. TV <laughs> gave us so much, and we, you know, we asked for so little. Um, no, it's uh, yeah. We're turn- I remember being a little tiny kid and seeing the Jabba Jabba's palace scene, oh, Return of the Jedi, and all the aliens, iconic. right? Yeah. All the different aliens, and um, and this is weird. I actually just like double checked this today because I knew I was going to come here, and, and I was probably going to have to mention this, and here we are. Uh, <laughs> oddly enough, a non-Star Wars thing got me in, more into Star Wars. Uh, so, so seeing the Jabba's Palace scene, but also Billy Ocean's video for Loverboy, which is a deep cut. But Loverboy, big song, Billy Ocean's biggest song. You guys, maybe you're aware of the song. Know if I, am. I wanna be your lover, lover. Oh, yeah. oh I, I think I have your, heard that song. Okay. Yeah, yes. Loverboy. Yeah, great tune. Uh, the video though is just like a huge rip on the Cantina scene from oh my New God. Hope, right? Like it's just all these weird aliens, and it's just a truly bizarre video. What? But I get it because Star Wars was huge when it came of course, out, right? Yeah. So like, yeah, let's rip on the biggest thing in the world right now. So, um, but when I was a kid, I was watching a lot of video hits, which is a, uh, the the music video show that was on CBC at the time. For all the actual true '80s kids who are listening to this, um, <laughs> it was before much music, right? So yeah. there was like a show on CBC. Anyways, uh, that so I, I like because I like that video. I I thought that was Star Wars. That's how little I was. Wow. And my mom. Uh, also was into it and really cultivated my love of Star Wars and, you know, would get me Star Wars stuff. And, oh, yeah. good parenting. Great Way to parenting. Go, my, mom, my mom was, like, really into, and still is to this day, fandom stuff. She got me into Star Wars, and then many years later, which is, like, my biggest fandom thing, and then many years later, I got her into Game of Thrones, which I think is hers. Oh, neat. Oh, that's so, so we, fun. We passed it on. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I love that. And I relate to that a lot. My, my uh, grandfather passed Lord of the Rings down to my mom, passed it down to me, and yeah. then, like... Harry Potter and Game of Thrones, vice versa. Truly, so, some of yeah. the, this is the great s- stuff about fandom. Yes, like, yeah, yeah. I love is like people like passing it on and passing on the parts you love, but then and then people passing it back, telling you about something you might not have known about. I love that. Stuff. Yeah, and now you have kids, and you can pass it on to them. Oh my god, can't wait! And they're going to discover their own stuff, of and course. it's going to be really cool. And they're going to show wait. you stuff exactly because uh, you're not going to have access to it until they teach you <laughs> exactly. I believe they refer to this as the circle of life. This is the circle of life. No, I'm not going to say I will. Yeah. Oh, so good. All right. Welcome to our musical episode. Oh, it's, I, I, Star Wars I, I showed up to the right one. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, so there's a whole whack of stuff Star Wars related. Like, oh, holy guacamole. You've got you, you've got pages that are like, <laughs> did you print that out on like legal side? Absolutely. No, <laughs> I've. <what> that is? <laughs> it's like really long. Look, I come prepared. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of movies, shows, books. What are the main stories we need to know about? And like the highs and lows of the extended canon. Like, Ooh, wow, okay. What are, what are the big, the big overarching? Well, things? obviously, we all know the Skywalker saga, yeah. which uh, you know, despite what George Lucas says, is always and will be the story of Luke. Yes. But then we we splay that out or whatever, and then you get it's the story of Anakin, and the whole thing ends up being the the the, the story of the tragedy of Anakin Skywalker. Um, but, and that's all, like, yes, there's nine movies that are dedicated to mm-hmm. that. We know about that. Um, like, to go outside of that, though, what are, like, the, the, the big ones that people might be interested yeah. in? I mean, obviously, The Mandalorian. Uh, the, the best thing to come out of Star Wars, I'd say, like, that's not related directly. Well, now it is. Now it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Spoiler. I didn't waste too much time, but, yeah. But, like, <laughs> at first, at, at least at first, it, it isn't. Um, but there's a lot of great stuff. Like, a lot of the Legends canon... Um, is really cool. And the legend stuff is all the stuff that's now no longer canon. It's like its own 
you know, like multiverse almost Whoa, at this point. It's interesting. Like, so like all the, the, the Timothy Zahn series, which is like the very first was like sort of like episodes uh, seven, eight, nine, mm-hmm. but they were just books. Back oh, when George Lucas was like, I'll never make those movies. So, Got so Timothy Zahn, you're an award-winning science fiction author. You can write the next three books. Um, cool. And those are cool. There's, you know, there's some stuff that's not great in those books, the, as in the, you know, they're not all 10 out of 10s. But overall, it's a cool story. And yeah. it's like a, a satisfying continuation uh, if you ever get a chance to read them. But that's not not canon anymore. Obviously, we have we actually have episodes yeah. seventy nine now. Yeah. Um, but I would say like like read that Zon series because it's really cool of sort of what could have been. Like, for example, when I was a kid, when Obi Wan mentions the Clone Wars in A New Hope, I pictured clone Jedi's. I don't know about you, oh, but I always thought, hey, Clone Wars, clone Jedi's makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Not just a bunch of like uh, New Zealand uh, yeah. New Zealanders. You know? <laughs> Uh, just which, that one guy duplicated yeah, forever. Right, okay, sure. Um, that's where we went with it. Okay, yeah. you know, didn't see that one coming. But uh, but in this story, in the Zahn story, he he talks about the Clone Wars. And yes, that's what it is. It was clone Jedis that um, after a little while went like crazy. And so the real Jedis had to fight their own clones. <gasps> what? Stuff. So isn't that cool? That, that's cool. cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. So anyway, so that that's what the Clone Wars was. Um, and then uh, yeah, yeah. And the story kind of t- takes one of the clones that you know the Admiral Thrawn finds. Anyways, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Um, but that's a very cool story. I'd say look at that. And um, further, I would say uh, I mean, there's obviously the Disney Plus shows are coming out. Yep. They're all pretty good. Like Boba Fett was okay and. Obi-Wan, so far, so good. Yeah. You know, not like, it's not blowing me away, but I'm happy with it. Yeah. I like what I'm seeing. Good backstory. Um, episode good 3 was really good, I thought. Nice. Vader, seeing Vader again was cool. Get into the Darth Vader comic. It's a, it's a, it's a Marvel. I think it's Marvel. I think it's Marvel that did it. Uh, it's It just really goes deep on the, like, pre-A New Hope after, but post prequel Vader. Okay. And it, like, it explains a lot of why Vader's like he is and all the like, why does he live on the lava planet, and why does he have a big lava castle? It's those like, are uh, good questions. Those yeah. are great questions. <laughs> yeah, and we definitely don't. Yeah, you see him on the lava planet, and then yeah. suddenly he's got a Death Star. Right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. How, how did how did he like? Why did he choose this strange lava castle? Uh, well, there's reasons for it, and the reasons are good. Like, huh. one thing I I always say about the prequels is that like, yeah, those movies were, in my opinion, very bad. All three of them, I think, but. There was still enough, like, George Lucas was enough of an idea person that, like, he still put a lot of neat ideas in there. And then a lot of other artists and writers and creators came along and, and you know, whether it's through comics or other TV shows, they took those ideas and they spun off with them and they did really cool things mm-hmm. with them. And that's... That's what uh, that's what we're talking about. The extended universe is actually really in good in really good shape right now. That's yeah. awesome. And I know there are also like games and the Clone Wars. Oh my like... goodness, Clone Wars is my favorite Star Wars TV show. So yeah. I should mention Not that. Not the Ewoks. No. <laughs> <laughs> Although when I was a kid, droids and Ewoks. Droids and Ewoks were so good. Like probably bigger than the movies because yeah. I couldn't. You couldn't just watch those movies whenever you wanted when yeah. we were kids, right? Like yeah, I didn't, true. Like I didn't have the VHSs of them. So, no. um, but like uh, Clone Wars is awesome and. Re- Rebels is really good. Not every episode. There's a lot. You know what? If you're going to get into Clone Wars, and if you're not like, I want to watch, you know, 200 episodes of TV, <laughs> or whatever it is, because it's a lot. Uh, if you're like, I would like just like to see the important episodes. I want to follow the main stories. There's some great watching guides you can look oh, up. Neat. And they'll, oh, nice. they'll, they'll teach you. But skip anything with Jar Jar. 
I mean, I would have anyway. That, that seems... <laughs> I mean, I know that that goes without saying, but yeah. It seems like a good instinct generally. <laughs> and and it, it's truly, it's 100% true for if you're watching Clone Wars, just skip the Jar Jar. Why I didn't even realize... did they bother putting him in there? They yeah. tried to bring him back, you know. They but everyone to... was so very adamant that nobody wanted him. <laughs> you know who needs a redemption story? I'll tell you who. <laughs> you know, he really did, though. That's the thing is, like, they actually took, like, one of the great things about Clone Wars is that they really did redeem everything pretty much everything that's bad about the Clone Wars. The decision to make the clones a bunch of just, like, guys, Django Fets, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. for me, that was a bad decision. I thought that was stupid. But you they, they re- you really get to love the clones. You, they, they be, there's specific clones that are some of my favorite characters now. Interesting. It's wild. It's wild what they do with it. It's so good. Dave Filoni is, is I mean, Star Wars would be in the absolute gutter without him. Wow. He, he, and he's doing, he's the one who's doing, you know, uh, Mandalorian, Boba Fett, and all that stuff, too. Oh, that's so cool. It, it does have, like, as a universe, so many storytelling potential, or so much storytelling potential of course, that yeah. it's so fun to see people, like, take it and run with it and where they end up going. Uh, they always end up going back to Jedi's and Anakin Skywalker. I mean, for some yeah, reason. Because uh, they're dope. <laughs> <laughs> they're dope, but, like, don't you, don't you think it'd be cool to see a story in, within the Star Wars universe has nothing to do with. Yes, that's honestly what I liked about right? Mandalorian at first. Is yeah. like, this has so much breathing room. It has so much much like interesting exploration of other characters. I continue to like that about it. Which is why I'm kind of excited for Andor because I think I I, I think Rogue One is a top five Star Wars movie personally. I love it. I think it's really good. I think the critique the, the very valid critique of it being that I didn't know any of the characters' names until like the third time I watched it is is valid. And I don't know if I can name one for you right <laughs> no, now. Yeah, no, yeah. it's you know whatever, it's fine. Um, but I still think that despite that, the movie's really good and. Um, and Cassie Andor is a great character, and I think the trailer looks friggin' dope, man. It looks cool, and I'm interested to get into a non-Jedi story. Yeah. Again. I also really loved the ending of Rogue One. I thought that was, like, such a ballsy move. Well, I mean, had to, right? Yeah. yeah. We had, had to. to. We had to get there. I know, yeah. but it was, like, cool yeah, that it, they landed on it. Agreed. Like, it's, I, I was... You think they're going to save, like, one of them, that's right? What at I least, thought. right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought they were going to back off at the I end. I did, too. And then they didn't. I was nope. like, oh, they're going to save K2, the droid, because yeah. he's so funny and so good. And nope, well, K2 dies. That's just, okay, so this is not one of our written questions. This is just my question. Okay. Who's your favorite droid? K2. It's K2? Yeah, it is. There's no BB-8? It's no R2-D2? I love, my, I love BB-8. I love R2. Um, of course, the original is R2 and C-3PO. But, but K2 ended up being my favorite just because he's the funniest droid. Oh, great. Aside from when BB-8... Thumbs up? Gives the thumbs up slash maybe some people think it was the finger. <laughs> oh, I did <laughs> to, not. Uh, to Finn, but... Um, do enjoy that. I, <laughs> I, I'm, I, I don't know. Alan Tudyk as K2 is just like, I don't know, man. I, I could watch that performance all day. It's I my mean, favorite one. I mean, he's just also delightful. Like, he I is, love Alan right? Tudyk so yeah. much. Yeah. Oh, more work for him, Luckily, please. there was no uh, in, inevitable betrayal there. <laughs> we just got K2 being a hero the whole time. Oh, badass. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so to you, uh, who are the standout heroes in the Star Wars canon, and do you have a favorite hero? I mean, Han Solo. Yeah, I Number one for it. me, always. Yeah, uh, always mean, been. I'm, I'm a fan of the space pirate. I'm a fan of your, your swashbuckling rogue, you know, yeah. which is yeah. what Han is, right? He's, the, he's that, that character, that 
anti-hero, you know, whatever, right? Like, you know, hokey religions and ancient weapons. By the way, ancient uh, Han Solo was 19 years ago <laughs> when they were just everywhere. <laughs> this is, this is yeah. you know, I don't know if we're going to get into this. Maybe we will just because it's me. But, like, the, the some of the lines used in A New Hope just do not apply yeah. to the Star Wars universe yeah. anymore, you know? Yeah, any other examples? Can you imagine referring to something as ancient from 19 years ago? So from 2003 or whatever? I mean, ask a oh. Gen Z or about Star Wars, <laughs> and then maybe, yeah. What, ICQ, that ancient technology? <laughs> I, I couldn't possibly. Uh-oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, there's lots of examples just from the first movie, but, like, I mean, hokey religions and ancient blasters. Meanwhile, like, seemed like people knew about the Force 19 years ago. Yeah. Uh, seemed yeah. like people were pretty up for it, you yeah. know? Anyways, yeah. That makes oh. sense. But uh, but I love Han. I love that. I just love that type of character. I don't know. It's just, like, super fun. Chewie was my favorite. Um, Chewie kind of is my favorite, too, but, like, I don't know. There's just, <laughs> sadly, there's just not, like, as much depth there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, because he, he doesn't speak a language that yeah. we can understand, and it's rarely translated And for he doesn't us. have any, like, scenes where it's him talking. You know yeah. what I mean? He just, like, he quips. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah. basically given the depth of a Pokemon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. R2, even, like, I, so. But even R2 and 3PO, I feel like, get bigger scenes than Chewie does always. But he was always, like, as a kid, uh, I remember seeing the Muppet Show when they had the Star Wars guys oh, on. Oh, yeah. They, 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 they would always call him Chewbacca the Wookiee. Like, it was like a full name. I remember that was really weird. But That's I loved, so uh, but yeah, Chewie, my guy. This is, I'm wearing a, yes. my Chewie shirt today. Yeah. Let the Wookiee win. This is a shirt that I designed. Oh. <gasps> Cool. That's great. It's a, a silhouette of, for those of you who are not somehow viewing this, um, <laughs> it's a silhouette of Chewbacca, and he's holding up two um, arms that have been pulled out of sockets, and it says, let the Wookiee win under it. I love Good it. Good advice. So, yeah, Han's my favorite um, of the main thing, but um, what a, what other great hero? I, I loved, let's go back to Rogue One, I love Jyn Erso. Uh, I think, I thought she was a really great character, and her, the scene where her... Uh, her dad is like speaking through the hologram, being like, "What does he call her? Like my little stardust or something?" Mm. It does make me cry every time I watch it. No, you. That was a cool relationship they built up. I really liked the good. way they did that. Yeah, it was really great. And like Mads Mikkelsen is such a good actor. Such a good actor. Watch he Hannibal if you want to see him like really yeah. do backflips acting wise. I have a feeling that even though, well, it's not a feeling. It's more of a sadness that he should have been the MCU's Doctor Doom. Whoa. But they've already burned him in the first Doctor Strange movie. Right. So I'm like, oh, man, he would have been such a good Doctor Doom. Anyways, yeah, that's, that's a, a good point. That's a different podcast. Um, <laughs> do you have any characters that you just can't with? You're just, no thank you, please leave. Oh, wow, that's a tough one. I mean, obviously, there's just universal derision for poor Jar Jar. I feel bad for Ahmed Best, the actor who played yeah, Jar Jar, because obviously, as I think we all know, Star Wars has... Star Wars fandom gets on the wrong people for decisions like that. Yeah, uh, yep. Obviously, has nothing to do with that guy. He's just an actor. Yep. Um, he did not write that part. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that character is still really tough to watch. Like I, I rewatched the prequels recently, and it's like, yeah, we're all right. We're, yeah. We are all correct in thinking yeah. that, yeah, that this, character is very bad. Like, this yeah. doesn't change with age. But outside of that, like, kind of obvious, I actually now currently uh, hate C-3PO. <gasps> I've had enough of C-3PO. I do not like him. Oh. What's changed? Not in the, orig- not, not in the um, less so in the original trilogy, but okay. in everything else. He's just the worst. What do you, what, like, what's different between original and I think I think Anthony Daniels is the difference, and mm-hmm. he's the one who plays C-3PO. And Got in it. the original 
like trilogy, he's I don't know. There's just there's almost more of an edge to him. Mm. Like he kind like he's like constantly um, when he when he like yells at R two. There's like a kind of a funnier edge to it. Whereas like later, and this isn't surprising, but like prequels and later stuff. It's very like this instead. It's like, oh, I've like oh, I'm something about this. Oh. Yeah, it's almost like it's like an old lady in Downton Abbey or I'm, something. I'm As opposed bothered. to like, like, uh, and I know that kind of sounds like C-3PO. It's just like regular. But there's a difference. There's a slight difference. He's and, uh, way sassier before. It's just like yeah, a little more cutting. Exactly. Just like, oh. Yeah, idiot. whereas now it's like, I don't know. And then he just like, he's, there's a lot of hitting R2. I mean, I, I realize that that's throughout everything. And I don't like that. Don't Stop hit hitting the little him with guy. R2. He's just a little guy. He's just a little guy. Why are you hitting him so much? Ugh. Don't, don't touch hit. it a hit. It's yeah. not hit, rather. Yeah. Don't hit people smaller than you or bigger than you or your size. Just don't, don't hit people. Just don't hit. <laughs> also, just you don't hit. hit anyone else. Why him? Exactly. If you were like it's just a, a violent person and you hit everything, maybe. Sure. Go I hit Chewbacca. I dare you. I dare you. I dare, dare you. Your friggin' golden arms out of your sockets. Absolutely. Meat, Let the Wookiee win. Let the Wookiee win. Uh, uh, what, what about villains? Who oh, are our favorite wow. villains? Our favorite villains, I mean, obviously Vader's so huge. Yeah. Um, uh, of course. I love, I love, one of the, like, favorite things about Star Wars is that Vader's not even the main villain in the first movie. Oh, yep. Like, you get. He's not the big bad. You get Peter Cushing as, as, um, as uh, Tarkin, and, like, his performance is incredible. And, like, without Tarkin, without um, Peter Cushing and, and um, uh, Alec Guinness, you don't, I don't think you have Star Wars, right? Like, I just don't think you have um, the same, like, like uh, legitimacy that they brought to it at the time. Because, like, these were just, like, really well-respected actors yeah. um, who, it looked, by all accounts, looked like they were doing a B-movie, right? Yeah. Like, everyone, the main cast, no one had heard of, yeah. right? And to see other science fiction movies around that time, outside of 2001, which was, like, its own thing completely. Yeah, whole other uh, category. Yeah, you're not, see- there's nothing like this that is any good. Yeah. You got like Flash Gordon, which I think came out two years before Star Wars and just bombed because yeah, it, it was all just pulp. garbage. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, it, you know, to their credit, those two actors took on these roles and they like treated them with super respect and killed it and they're the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even though Alec Guinness went on to completely hate the Star Wars fandom and that's fine. Uh, but, you know, Tarkin's one of my faves and um, he's one of the re- he's one of the like only times they've redone the face and made it, I think, good. Right. I didn't like the other. I don't like any of the other ones they've done of that. But Tarkin is is huge. Uh, we all love Grand Admiral Thrawn, and they brought him from that. Like I was, I was talking about the Legends canon. That's like not mm-hmm. canon anymore. Yeah. So they're they're picking and choosing what cool parts of that to like make move over to the main oh, story. And Thrawn's one of them, and he's cool. he's wicked. Um, man, there's so much. It's really difficult to like on the spot. Oh, and I got. I mean, I got to. I'm really hitting all the classics here, but like Jabba. I mean, when I was a kid, Jabba was—he yeah. was the big thing that I was like, "What is that? How did yeah. they do that?" You yeah. know what I mean? Like, how is this guy real? And it was very difficult, right? Yeah. Weren't there like at least seven people in that puppet? Yeah, I think it was like nine. Yeah, and there was a there was a little person in the tail. Yeah. Just for the tail. That was his whole job, is to like make the Jabba's tail like move. And there's this awesome documentary on Return of the Jedi that they made around the time, and they interview that guy, and he's so funny and he's so cool. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Jabba specifically was like a, a, just a wonder. I'm not a big Boba Fett guy. Here's I'll tell you this. Oh. This is a bit of a hot take. I'm not a huge Boba Fett guy, and I'm still not a huge Boba Fett Ooh. guy because Boba Fett's never done anything cool. He looked cool. He looked cool and then went straight into a star. Literally nothing ever cool has has he ever done. Yeah. Fascinating. 
I love uh, it. Even in his own series, he got upstaged in a major way. Oh, no. Completely. Oh, no. And like, you know, whatever. And then he's still, he's like, <laughs> so, anyway, I could, whatever. He's not, he's not, not cool. Oh, I love this. We're getting to the hot takes party. I have a follow-up question on something you said before, which is like, this really stood out at the time compared to all the other science fiction that was yeah. kind of coming out alongside it. And I remember, like, I've listened to quite a few sort of podcasts and breakdowns on like how big a deal this was when it came out and how much it surprised people and how much it took over pop culture. What do you think makes this different? Like, what do you think is so magic about this that so many people have, like, attached themselves to it? Wow, that's tough. I mean, there's been books written on this, of course, but... Um, yeah, if you could just summarize those for yeah, us right now. <laughs> I think that it's just a combination of a lot of different things. So I think you get on screen, you got George Lucas bringing together people that had never worked together before. And I mean, and I'm, it sounds like I'm talking about the cast, but I'm not. I'm talking about the the... the Visual effects. Yeah. So the visual effects were like a complete step above any other movie that was like this, right? Mm -hmm. So Flash, go watch Flash Gordon. It's not anywhere near. There's a movie called The Black Hole, I think, which came out around the same time. Mm -hmm. Bad. The effects are just, I mean, for the time, I'm sure maybe they were okay, but like nothing like Star Wars. Star Wars effects, I remember watching in the, in the 90s in high school just being like, this holds up completely. Huh, it completely yeah. holds up. Because they re-released them. And I'm not even talking the about the re-releases, oh. right? Like they re-release stuff and they like clean the stuff yeah, some yeah. stuff up and they added some CGI. My my preferred versions forever will be what they call the Laserdisc versions, which is the last, the last released Star Wars uh, movies, original trilogy that were not at all uh touched by yeah. George Lucas. Yeah. Uh not cleaned up at all. So there's like, you know, there's there's little things in there, but like it's still like it's still um it's my it's the version that I like. I have them on my computer. Like that's the versions I watch. But um, so the special effects was one thing because that it, it just looked so much. It's look. It's like it's like the Matrix kind of. It's yeah. like when we all watched the Matrix, we were like, "What? This is nuts!" Yeah, like, you're all transported. This, yeah, just visually effects wise, you're like, "This is this is incredible." Like, so I you think can that's fucking one do of the that. Yeah. yeah, like he was bringing people from like commercials and stuff. Like the thing they say in the documentary is like he found like the guy who did the Pillsbury Doughboy. Wow. And brought him in on the special effects Whoa. team, and all and all these brought them together and created ILM, which is of course you know yeah, the biggest special effects did. team, right? Um, so that's a huge thing. Uh, I think getting, like I mentioned earlier, getting like some good big names to be in it, like Cushing and, and Guinness at the time. But uh, also, you can't the, the the cast just had that chemistry. They did so much casting and like. Uh, those chemistry tests, like you can watch them too. They got released on, I think, one of the DVD, like the Blu-ray version. Oh, neat! Cool. There's a bunch of like it's um, like Mark Hamill reading with uh, what's her face from um, oh, what's her? I think she's from like Happy Days. Like uh, there's like all these other people, or maybe she's, she's from American Graffiti. Anyways, whatever. There's a bunch of different actors that all read together, and. Haunt, I mean, finding Harrison Ford, like finding I mean, the yeah. biggest movie star uh, yeah, for like an entire decade. Was, yeah, yeah, no like, one. Right? Yeah. Like, so, He's a so carpenter. It's like finding, you know, uh, Chris Evans or finding yeah. someone like that, right? Like this Your really Hemsworth just, or whatever Exactly, yeah. exactly. So you kind of stumbled upon that because he was like his carpenter before this, yeah. right? And was small roles in movies before. Um, and then and then just I think the, the vision of Ralph McQuarrie. He's the person who did all the um, – um, uh, like the uh, concept drawing and stuff like that. Cool, so when yeah. George Lucas explained Darth Vader to him, he 
his like the, that melded vision of what Ralph McQuarrie did and what George Lucas did became what Vader looked like. And like, when have you ever seen anything like that before? Yeah. It's just wild. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it melds. And then, of course, there's the, the classic thing, which I think this isn't like totally unique, but George Lucas took, you know, the classic hero's journey. Yeah. And he th- that's a story that just works, right? We all know that. But he also, and he melded it with like, old mythology type stuff um, um, from like Japanese mythology and like Japanese. Exactly. Jedis are basically samurais, right? And like Vader's helmet is very reminiscent of a samurai helmet, Um, which is of course because he took that from, he basically ripped off a movie called The Hidden Kingdom, I think it's called, um, which is a Japanese movie about these two peasants that are get like the story of a giant war is being told from their perspective. And that's uh, 3PO and R2. Oh, cool. Um, and like really, really, I mean, really ripped off. Like, like, <laughs> it's, like, like it's the same thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, in doing that, you know, say what you will about that. You, you've got this huge, this combination and, and you've created something that's uh, completely iconic and completely changed cinema. Yeah. Yeah. From like every level, it's wild. Yeah, I'm, from what I understand about it too, and I got this from um, a really good episode about this on a different podcast called Imaginary Worlds, which I highly recommend checking out, where apparently at the time, a lot of the future sort of sci-fi stuff was very dystopian. Mm. And even the first advertisements for Star Wars before anybody knew what it was, sounded very dystopian. Yeah, oh, really? um, and then when it came out, it was very much not that. It was an adventure story. It was very hopeful. Um, and for the political the climate name. at the time, post-Vietnam, post all sorts right. of things, it was just like- they a new hope. They needed a new hope. Which it yeah. wasn't called until after, I think, after Empire came out. Because it really? was just Star Wars. Oh, yeah, of Yeah, because it was just Star Wars for at first. Because he yeah. didn't know if he was going to get to make the other two. Yeah, right? fascinating. Um, and just the fact that it was fantasy. Truly, yeah. it's a fantasy story, right? Yeah. It's less science fiction, more fantasy. Of course, they call it space opera, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. a little different than, than some of the other stuff that was around because it was pure. That, a lot of that stuff was very science fiction-y, yeah. futuristic. Mm-hmm. This was like a long time ago, Galaxy Far, Far, Far Away. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah, so. True. Yeah. All that, all that, mix that in a pot, bam. Bam. Yeah, just uh, one of those magic things. Yeah. Uh, so we, we talked about the like Laserdisc versions before all of the like tampering. Yeah. What are your feelings about the George Lucasing of it all and just like his constant inability to just let it I just, uh, I just wish he would. I mean, he has because he doesn't own it anymore. Yeah. I just, at the time, I was like, just please stop. <laughs> no just one's asking stop. for this. You know what? Clean up, clean up visuals. I think that's fine. You know, remaster sound. That's great. Yeah. Uh, but let's not change any of the content. You yeah, know, let's not story. change any. Exactly. Let's not add scenes in. Yeah. There's a whole reason Greedo and Han have a meeting. It's because you plan to have Jabba meet Han in the uh, in the docking bay. But guess what? Uh, we couldn't do Jabba. Uh, we didn't have the technology for it, so we scrapped the scene, and then we we put in the Greedo scene. Because they do the exact same thing in the story. Yeah. They yeah. explain why Han's on the run, and that there's people coming after him. They, they, they serve the same purpose from a story perspective. And putting that back in is so like, hmm, well, look what I can do. I can make Jabba now. I'm powerful. Also, yeah, <laughs> and I can do what I want. The stepping on the tail moment with Jabba. It's, it's so just like, lame. You just made this... Villain they were so proud of that. Into a joke. Oh my god. They were so proud it of it. It was the worst. But he, he also wasn't that level of villain, right? We know him from Jedi. We don't know him from A New Hope. But if yeah. you watch that that scene in A New Hope first, he is this kind of like there's there's a you can watch a version of the scene where it's the actor who was mm-hmm. like standing in for him. And he's he's very different. He's a very easygoing, like uh, like like he's not threatening really, yeah. like at all. 
Um, so if that was the vibe they were going for, that stepping on his tail actually fits perfectly. But because we know him from this whole other thing where he's this huge, like, intimidating figure and he's, like, eating things and killing guys. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. Like, yeah. very different vibe from, from Jedi, from what they plan to have him, it seems. The George Lucas thing of it So, all. like, I'm not one of these people who hate George Lucas. I think George Lucas uh, is, is, a, is a, a visionary and I think he uh, <laughs> he made the biggest movies of all time, kind yeah. of. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let's you give know? him some credit. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? But, like, also we can say – we can also look at that and be like, yeah, but also you uh, you got older and you messed with them. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a good example of – and I think this happens to literally everyone who makes stuff ever yeah. – is you do have to stop at some point. That's yeah. the problem with making things is you have to decide when they're finished. Yes. And, like, there is a point yeah. where you just – have to let it go, mm-hmm. no matter what you feel about it. Even if you would have gone back and changed it, it is done now. Anyone who's ever written anything Anyone. has that feeling. The right? number of times I have broken a script <laughs> yeah. by being like, one more draft. No, I fucked everything up. <laughs> <laughs> and then he I had to go made, back and rewrite it. He yeah. made full movies, though. Like, at that point, yeah. they're out in the world. Yeah. You have to let them go. You have to let them go. The idea yeah. of changing them after they're released, like, 20 years later. Why? Especially because sometimes, and this is a phrase in screenwriting, you kill your babies. You kill things that you care about a lot. And sometimes that's for the benefit of the story because it makes it more strange. Streamlined, it makes it more like you pick only what you need, and that's what ends up in there. Yeah. Sometimes that's good. And it t- just goes to show you that he he was more aware of that when he was he was younger. Is that midway through filming A New Hope, he decided to kill Obi Wan. Yeah, Obi Wan wasn't supposed to die in A New Hope originally. Really? Uh, yeah, um, and he decided it needed. They needed that in the story. They needed that thing to press to to uh, affect Luke. Harrison Ford wanted it to be Han Solo. Really? He thought Han Solo should die. Um, but, I mean, but George, it was for him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right? But George Lucas decided, no, it's got to be Obi-Wan. And I and I mean, of course, yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. and the father figure. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And then figured out ways to bring him back later, which, you know, that was okay. It's yeah. fine. You know, yeah. it's, you know, we're used to that. Oh, my gosh. Have you seen the pictures of people cosplaying as the ghost of Obi-Wan where they just put, like, blue mesh over top of their costumes? No. So they look like, uh, like uh, holograms. Fine. It's very cute. That's huge. Very cute. Okay, I feel like we're going to need to get in the hot takes earlier than usual because, oh boy, do we ever have You them. submitted so many. And thank you for that. We love Honestly, it. Honestly, um, But great. very quickly, before we get into that, what's the nerdiest thing you personally have ever done in relation to this fandom? Oh, wow. What's the nerdiest thing I've ever done? I, I get really deep into the customizable card game. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love Star, that. Star Wars CCG was, uh, uh, so I used to host a magic podcast um, that was like, we enjoyed some success and I got I got to meet lots of cool people and played a lot of magic and I love magic gathering. It's like, I think one, I think maybe the best game that you can play, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> like, we'll probably be coming to you again uh, tru- for another <laughs> <whole> episode. <laughs> I truly think it is the best game. But, um, but I got into it because uh, my friend Butler was like, uh, hey, I used to play. I used to play the old Star Wars CCG, and I'm like, you know what? I always wanted to try that. And he's like, I still got some of the cards. Let's play. What? So then I went on a huge thing, and where we were like, it's 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 been out of print for like not like I don't know, maybe 15 years or something like that. But me and him were still buying cards off of like websites <gasps> and like playing it. That's oh, so man. fun. It is a difficult game to play. <laughs> uh, really? Yes, it is. There's so much errata, which so like errata is like when you come out with the game and then. We need to change the rules. We need to change a rule in this game. So here's like a, a document that tells you the new rules, right? Right. So imagine, you know, over the years of Monopoly had just been like, okay, we actually have to change 
the rules. Like you have your board and you have all the pieces, but actually, um, uh, uh, passing go only is only one hundred and fifty dollars now. Here's a, here, but they don't get like you don't get a new board. You just get yeah. like a document telling you, right? Oh my god! Because in the card games, there's no thing like that, right? It's so just like in your heads. So here's the thing: in order to play this game, I'm not exaggerating. You need to have a two hundred page PDF open at all times. Oh my god! Oh <laughs> my god! Two hundred pages. Two hundred pages, and like you're not you're not reading two hundred pages, but like it's there so that you can go hmm. Now, am I allowed to put Boba Fett if he's with his blaster in Slave One if Slave One is not in, you know, and you're just asking all these specific questions. Oh my gosh. It's, it's deep. It's deep, but it is very rewarding. It is very, very fun. And if anyone is into uh, CCGs, it's really good. It, the, the same company made the, um, uh, the Star Trek one too, which I think is kind of similar. Oh, okay. So they're both really the original ones. There's Amazing. been many versions since then, but yeah. So cool. Oh my and that's goodness. and it, oh, oh the very fun thing about the CCG real quick, everything that was printed in the CCG uh, game. So that's like locations, vehicles, uh, characters, aliens, so on and so forth. All was real canon. Wow! So they would take a screenshot from one of the movies. Some like literally, sometimes the pictures would be so blurry because it would be like an alien in the background of a scene. <laughs> they would give that character a name. Oh my god! Then there would be like an ability, and oh then my there god. would be like a little flavor text, like a quote or some reference to them or something. Yeah. All of that became canon in, oh within goodness. the Star Wars universe. So like what? our our five D four is the little red and white droid that. In the first movie, like pops the bad motivator, right? And that's why he's like, hey, this R2 unit's got a bad motivator. And then they're like, pick R2 instead, R2-D2. Yeah, that's right. why Luke and R2-D2 and all them. Well, the CCG is is the first place where that little red and white droid, it's said that he did that on purpose <gasps> so that he so that R2 and 3PO could stay together. Oh. And that is just canon now. That's just, and I think that's even carried over currently. I think that's just like, that's actual canon. Oh my God. That's wild. I love that. Yeah. I had no idea. Check it out. CCG. It's very fun. Oh my God. What? You heard it here first, or maybe second. I don't know. Maybe you, you might know the this game. stuff. Yeah, yeah, but that's yeah. fascinating. You're like, doy, that's obvious. That's <laughs> so cool. Yeah. Um, we're just about to get into hot takes, but before we do, uh, this episode is brought to you by tpublic.com, where you'll find your next favorite T-shirt, or tank top, or hoodie, or mug, or sticker, or phone case, and so much more. So much more. Uh, they have unique and nerdy designs available, and you can customize it. If you don't want the color that they've presented to you, you can change that color, uh, and you can get it on almost anything. Um, if uh, you're into uh, Star Wars, you could probably find a t-shirt of this little droid. I'm sure it's there. because Definitely. Um, these designs are made by indie artists who get fair commission for their work, and they are also... Nerds, they make so much great fandom content. Yeah, it's amazing. You could spend days on that website. And we do have a store where we will be putting up some Star Wars content. So Absolutely. feel free to go check out what we throw in there. Um, and when you buy a shirt from the Tee Public store, from our pub Tee Public store specifically, uh, you are supporting an indie artist and you're supporting this podcast. So you're helping us uh, make this, which yeah. is pretty amazing. Dubs help. Dubs great. help. Uh, so head on over to tpublic.thefandomshow.com to check out all our merch and favorite designs from TeePublic. That is tpublic.thefandomshow.com. And thank you so much, TeePublic, for your support. We love you. We love you. 
All right. Here we go. Hot take time. The moment you've all been waiting for. I, I'm going to start with this one because we've talked a, a bit about this character. Um, this is from Pam Britton. It says, Jar Jar is actually a Sith Lord. Yeah. And that all his fumbling and annoying habits are actually staged and exceptionally well crafted. Yoda was a Sith as well. Simply <laughs> for his statements of do or do not, there is no try. Yeah. Followed by only Sith think in absolutes. Whoa. Only Seth think that way, right? Yeah, there's a lot of that, right? (laughs) There's a lot of like this, the the wording of things being like dissected later in like through the lens of all the other stuff that's come out. It's really fun. I love it. It's fun. (laughs) Fan theories like Jar Jar is a Sith Lord is so fun. And to see the explanation videos on YouTube and stuff like that is, 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 it's great. I love it. Do you buy it it, though? No, of course not. (laughs) He's just a dumb dumb. absolute madness. Yeah, he's he's a dumb dumb for sure. But delightful in theory. Absolutely used to perfection by Palpatine to be one of the main reasons he was able to create the Empire. So he's an an important pawn in the game of uh, intergalactic chess that was played. But but he's himself, he is not a Sith Lord. All right. Right. I love I love I love the take. It's they fun. tried to help him. They tried <laughs> to help. Uh, this one's from Blaine Smith because uh, you also talked about this. Uh, everyone says Star Wars is fantasy and Star Trek is sci-fi, but I say Star Wars is sci-fi and Star Trek is fantasy because space fascism is much more believable, even if it involves literal magic. Than all humans on Earth coming together to reject capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, yeah, who says science fiction can't have magic? Right, huh? like magic, aka the Force. I guess could be uh, could be uh, what's that's part of the fiction. Yeah, but like uh, the, my thing is, they don't delve into the minutia of the science with Star Wars. That's where you start losing me when it's like, yeah, I could see like if you're, if we're going to compare Star Trek, I mean. They love the details Yo, of the science. We love, we love talking yeah. about, you know, Yo. very specific, uh, I don't know, anything in Star Trek. You yeah. Know, I mean, there's a point you get into midichlorians and such. Right, which is like weird. Star. You're right. <laughs> I mean, I would say that's weird magic, but you're right. That's, that Fair is point. kind of actually more of the sciencey stuff, which talking about the cells and everything. Yeah. And it's like when everyone hated that. That's like, a good we don't point. want that. Don't yeah. bring science into our Star Wars. We don't yeah. need it. I still, felt, I still was like, I, I, I get why people hated that, but, um, but I was always like, yeah, this doesn't ruin my understanding of the Force. It's fine. Yeah. I, so my mild take is that midichlorians are whatever. Who cares? <laughs> they just interpret the will of the Force, you guys. Yeah. They're not the actual Force themselves. Right. There's got to be a way your body interprets the will of the Force, and That's it's true. through these tiny, if it's like, what if we said it was RNA or DNA or something? Would you be mad then? No. Oh, if you said no, RNA, mean. people would be mad. People would be mad. There's a section of people that would be very <laughs> upset. Absolutely. And would absolutely never let Qui-Gon take their blood and test them for midichlorians. <laughs> yeah. So. That's, a, that's a specific episode <laughs> of uh, Star Wars that I hope we never see. <laughs> All right. So here's one from a friend of the podcast, Philippe Demas. Uh, episode four is a mediocre to bad movie if you view, view it as a single standalone film, which it originally was. Yeah, I, I can't agree with this yeah, take. I've heard this sense. take a lot. I've heard people. But that is, he, Philippe, you're taking it through the lens, again, the lens of history. You're looking back, yeah. hindsight, right? Easy to say now. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But like at the time, this movie is wild. And if, you, if this is the first movie that you see, in, that's why I always recommend watching it in the order of release is like this should be the first movie you see because you yep. got to know where it all came from. And I think eh, there's no way. This movie's not bad. Look, is Mark Hamill's acting not the greatest? Yes. You know, oh, yeah. It's not great. It's yeah. fine. But it's fine. I think I think we've come full circle on this now where we've gone from 
he can do no wrong. We love Luke Skywalker. This movie's the best, too. Now we're like, actually, that movie's not that great. And Mark Hamill's a bad actor. Well, Mark right. Hamill's not a bad actor. He just was, like, very inexperienced. And it was brand new. He's acting against Alec Guinness half the time and Harrison Ford. Like, yeah. he's, he's not going to look that good, you know? Like, Carrie Fisher was, like, so, uh, uh, like, charismatic. Like, like Absolutely. you're in a tough cast there. So, yeah, you're going to look like the worst one. Yeah. But he wasn't that bad. Also, being a protagonist is hard. You, like, I think They're people underestimate characters. this sometimes. Yeah, they, they have to to be to some degree easy for people to project themselves And when on. you're delivering lines like, um, I wanted to, I wanted to go on the Tashi station and pick up some power converters. Like that's a line you're given and directed to say that way. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like I know like obviously Mark Hamill as an actor brings something to that, but that's a tough line. That's look at what, go watch episode one and watch Natalie Portman I was just gonna be say, the worst actor yeah, you've ever seen. Me like God. you did that time on Naboo. Yeah. The, the bad acting though makes it feel like that's a, uh, that's just a family trait. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. That's very down. funny. That's very funny. I He's mean, got this, her delivery, yeah. This is kind of one of my hot takes. I'm taking over for a moment, which <laughs> is that Star Wars is one of the best bad, written, badly written movies ever. Oh, yes. That I'll agree with 100%. The actual script, and I don't necessarily mean the plot, which is part of writing, but the dialogue of Star Wars. Well, the plot was ripped off, so he didn't uh, really so write it. <laughs> yeah. But the actual script yes, the is, is like the rest of the universe, the imagination of it, all supersedes how bad the writing can be. If you're at all interested in the like that side of Star Wars, like the more like, like the filmmaking side of it, watch the documentary, I can't remember the name of it right now, but it's a documentary that came out on the first DVD release of Star Wars and I remember at the time Roger Ebert said that that movie should be nominated for best documentary at the Oscars. Wow. He was like this this is such a good documentary and it is. It's incredible. Um, Holy shit. Uh, one of the my favorite parts and me and my friends all laughed about this for many years still do is Harrison Ford talking about George Lucas and how we write the dialogue. And he's like, George uh, doesn't have a lot of um, uh, patience for the craft of acting. He just thinks he should write, you write something and then you say it and you say it and you say it like that. And he's like, and then he does this thing and apologies to people listening, you're not gonna be able to see me do this, but he goes, uh, he's like, he's like, just, just, just do that. Just, just do that. He's just like pointing at the script. Just, just do it. Just do that. What do you mean? What do you mean you can't say it that way? Just do it. I wrote it. There it is. Just do it. Oh like that's God. his take on acting. Cool. So these, this is what they had to act against. This is what they had to wow. do. Their director, who would never talk to them about the acting part of it. His one acting note ever was faster and more intense. That's it. That's the only thing he would oh ever say. Oh, my God. And these are the stories you get from this documentary. So you should wow. watch it. It's really fun. Under those circumstances, it's shocking anyone turns out any performance. Know, it's really? incredible. Like, so looking back on that, like... A New Hope could have been a complete disaster. Yeah. You know? Oh, my God. So, so credit to those actors. And, yeah, maybe Hamill didn't do it as well as the others, but I, I, I think he did an okay job. Um, speaking of Mark Hamill, this comes from listener of the podcast, Mark Hamill, um, <laughs> who says, the Star Wars holiday special was underappreciated. <laughs> I, you know what? I've never seen the whole thing. What? I know. It's one of the only Star Wars things what? I haven't seen, uh, truly, because I can't get through it. It's, it's so bad. It's yeah, I recommend so drinking. It's so long, and it's very boring, and it's not good. But I do, I will give whoever said this, Mark, Mark Hamill, Hamill, the actor <laughs> who played Luke Skywalker, thank you for writing in. I get it. You want to have your work recognized. I feel that. I hear that. Um but for some people, that was that was a big part of their like childhood part of Star Wars. Whereas, like, it, I think it had already happened when I got into it. Like, it was old at that point. Yeah. But um, and so I never got to see it. 
But I, I respect that. It's chaos. Yeah, it's absolute chaos. It's, I mean, I love the B. Arthur showing up in it. I love doing all that a stuff. cantina song. Oh yeah. my god! Great. Sure, get it, B. You know what I mean? It's what great. A, there's a whole weird thing so you about know what? like. I agree with that hot take. Grandpa Chewbacca having like a horny time with like a chess lady. Oh I don't know. See, so I don't weird. even know that. I just don't. I haven't. It's it's worth watching once, and that's it. Wow. I would say. Well, you know what? You just recommended a Star Wars thing to me that I haven't seen. So. It's, you're not going to thank me for it. Um, uh, so this one comes from patron Lydia Duncan, who says, just because no one likes seeing Luke uh, like that doesn't mean it was an incorrect character decision. It's valid for him to screw up handling a potential threat, Kylo Ren, uh, when he didn't with a known one. Uh, and it's completely understandable for that to eat away at him to the point where he ran away because it had horrible consequences, and he understandably doesn't trust himself after that. So in this case, we're talking about the last last race. Jedi. Right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're talking about last Jedi here. We're talking about the the motivation for Luke to to disappear and to and to not want to deal with Kylo. Right. There's much discussion amongst the fandom about obviously last Jedi and all the things that happened in that movie. Yeah, I personally am on the side of I love the last Jedi. I love it. I think. Um, Everything that movie does is exactly what Star Wars needed, and it's a absolute fucking pisser. I don't know if you guys curse on the podcast. Yep. Oh, so much. You do. Okay. <laughs> it's a fucking pisser of a, of a disappointment that that Disney uh, uh, closed out that series the way they did because yeah. it, it was just the coward's way out completely, and what they did to Ryan Johnson by letting him just like flounder and just be like basically like well, I don't know it's his movie you know what I mean right um, yeah. uh, is, is and, and all the actors uh, for that movie Kelly Bree Tran and and, and um, just everybody in that movie they really like they were like it's like they tried to distance themselves from their biggest property at the time yeah. it's like unbelievable it's like we put this out oh you don't like it uh, that wasn't us yeah just exactly. got scared of the fans oh, I hate I hate it I hate that that's 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 easily the take forget about um, Jar Jar being existing that's the most embarrassing <laughs> thing that's the most embarrassing thing about Star Wars is how they handled all that stuff um, because Last Jedi is great and uh, I agree man I, I think the I think. Ryan Johnson's a good storyteller, and I, I like that story. I mean, look, listen, I don't love every single beat of that movie, mm-hmm. but uh, like, I think there are valid criticisms of it, but I, I'm, I'm on board with, uh, with what happens in it. So, All right. Especially um, the burning of everything. I loved it. I mean, Burn it down. Yeah. Kylo's right, and Yoda's right. What? Kylo and Yoda? <laughs> How are they? They are agree? They Sith? I love it. Burn it all down. <laughs> All right, okay, so how about this one? Star Wars has a Jedi problem. I love Jedi. I spent half of my childhood pretending to be a Jedi. Jedi are awesome. But if Disney slash Lucasfilms wants to continue to build the franchise and expand it the way they seem to want to, they need to move beyond everything about being being about the Jedi Sith Force. They need to start re- uh, telling real stories about everything else they can and everything else that is happening in the universe. That is from patron Sean Gallagher. So uh, we touched on this earlier, but I, I sort of agree with this. Uh, but I agree in the way that I think we, more importantly, we need to get away from the Skywalker family. Right. We need to get away from Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, all that. Um, I, think, I think you, I think already built-in fans of, of Star Wars, uh, which there are a lot of us, of course, very big fandom. Um, I think we're all going to be pretty okay with that as well, uh, a Mandalorian-style thing where we don't... But listen, Baby Yoda's in Mandalorian right away. Yeah. You know that that's going to be a Force thing. You know yeah. that you're not getting away from the Jedi. And this is what I think I would say to, to this person is, like, there isn't, there isn't really 
uh, Star Wars without the Force Jedi's and that sort of aspect of it. That is the central like uh, mythology to the whole yeah. story, yeah. and you don't you don't just leave that behind. It's yeah. like talking about history and being like Christianity. Mm. Like, yeah. like, like we don't leave it. That's part of it. We don't, yeah, like we don't, we, we, you can't cut it out because completely. I think you could do stories that are not, that don't involve it. Yeah, like I think you could do, but if you're talking about, the, if we're talking about the main canon, the main like stories of Star Wars, you're never going to get away from it. I don't think you should. If they tried to make a, I mean, they made a movie, like Rogue One is largely without the force, but it's still really uh, present, and Darth Vader's a character in it. So, mm-hmm. like, are we talking about absolutely removing any and all Force users and mentions of the Force and everything from a movie? In which case, I think uh, that's a bit of a hill to climb. Because yeah, I think right. one of the things we all love is that. We just like it handled properly, I think. Yeah. I think yeah. that's the thing. We just want it handled properly. And we don't want it always to be the main thing. But I think – I, I don't think uh, – I don't think – I don't think you'll ever see it completely gone, and I, I kind of, I, I understand why. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, well, I mean, so many of these stories, like particularly one thing that I love about just about every fantasy thing is they're all conversations about power. Every yeah. single one of yep. them. Yep. Like, there are very few stories are not conversations about power, and you can't make a story in the world without acknowledging like the most intense and greatest source of power that shapes the universe. Yeah. And like Bo- Book of Boba Fett, I think kind of attempted to do that. And when they, I mean, it's a mess. But like, it was more. It was supposed to be this organized crime story, kind of. <laughs> uh, and then we were like, actually, we need the Force in here somewhere. So let's bring in Baby Yoda and let's have it conclude this part of the Mandalorian story. And it's like, and what did we all agree on? That was the best part of Bo- Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> that was the best part of it, right? We all love it so much. And I mean, that may be because of the mishandling of Boba Fett, I think that's probably the case. Like, I don't think it's impossible to tell a good Star Wars story without the Jedi, but I think yeah, it's, course. I think um, if you did, I don't think you could do very much of it, I yeah, guess, yeah. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's always in there somewhere. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think that makes sense. Uh, Kaya, you brought up uh, the idea of power. Uh, this is from Twitter uh, user, weird way of saying that, uh, Philip <laughs> Goad, who says, Palpatine may have started a war to get there, but was dutifully elected by the Senate as emperor. The rebellion were terrorists. Uh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting that's way of take. looking at it. Dutifully elected due to his abuse of power and also like uh, manipulating. I mean, I guess he's not wrong. Like, but he like extremely manipulated and lied his way to get there. And you know what I mean. Then that never happens in politics. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Can't so think of I any guess examples off the nothing top of my recent head. either. Yeah. But to say there's nothing wrong with that is like okay. There's yeah. No, you just did it. You just didn't do it fully illegally because you got yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure the empire would agree with him. Uh, that they're, oh. they're rebels or terrorists, but um, so think about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, the, here's kind of in the same vein. The French resistance were terrorists. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if, you, if you're really on top of the Marie Antoinette and all those, yeah, <laughs> yeah history is sure. written by the victors, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Right? Uh, okay, so how about this? Uh, the Jedi mind trick is much more evil. Uh, uh, sorry, a much more Ooh. evil power than force lightning. That's, that is from at Crafty Hikes. There's no question that that's true. Yeah, it, it, mind control. When you delve into like the like the 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 I don't know what do you call it like the 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 
ethics of mind control, not ethics, but like oh, no, that, that, is, yeah, I think that works. Yeah, yeah the morality. And, like, yeah, the morality of it. It's so messed up. Like yeah. mind control, and it's used in so many of these types of stories. You know, it tracks across everything. There's some version of mind control in a lot of different things, and um, it's just messed up, man. You but can't ever explain it in a way that's like actually that should be allowed because like. It just, I don't know. Just yeah. think about it. Just think about it for longer than two seconds. Yeah. You know, if you can, if your mind's not being controlled. <laughs> exactly. No, Talk it's about... A, it's what? a good guy lack of consent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> the ultimate invasion, you know? Yes. <laughs> it's just like taking over your mind. It's messed up. Although I think the way they explain it in some of the like extended stuff is that it's more of a powerful suggestion akin to like hypnosis, which is why some people can um, uh, resist it. Right. Yeah. So it's not it's not strictly mind control. So more of the way D and D kind of deals with like charm yeah, person, yeah. where it's like you have the option to resist it. It's really just how who how rolls high. I would say that's are. very close. And I'm listen. I'm recently getting into D and D. I'm loving it. We're going to talk about that later. Oh. Uh, but um, uh, yes, yes. I think that's a very good explanation for all you D and D heads out there. Um, all right, I've got. Uh, one from Dan Hirschfield who says Darth Vader slash Anakin in no way fully redeemed himself. No, I, no, of course not. Never. No, he never did. That's one of the hilarious things about <laughs> about George Lucas making the prequels is you can't show us all the atrocities and then be like, and also just because your son took your helmet off, you're fine. Yeah. No, man, this guy <laughs> murdered children. Many of them. So many children. Many children. I just was like, yeah, I'm in. Innocent people. Yeah. We're seeing it in, in the second uh, second episode or third. I can't remember now. The episode of Obi-Wan with Darth Vader in it. He's just murdering people. He's just snapping necks like it's nothing. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And which is which is great because like we need to hate this guy, yeah. which I love that they're doing that. They're not holding back with Vader. But um, uh, but yeah, no, no, in no way. This guy destroyed entire planets. Yeah. <laughs> he destroyed planets. And just for fun. And then he, he's like, oh, my big planet destroyer is gone. I'm going like, to build another planet destroyer. Just yeah. Just... He really engaged in a lot of medium to heavy genocide. So, like, I think yeah. it's fair to say. I guess strictly that was more Tarkin's thing. Yeah. Just blowing up Alderaan. That's like, fair. that was yeah. his plan, and that was what he did and everything. But Vader's right there. Come but on. But Vader was like, okay. Yeah, exactly. You're very complacent. This. Very much. You supported it. 100%. Yeah. It wouldn't have happened without you. Still yeah. a heck of a lot of murder. Just a lot of murder. <laughs> Just epic amounts of murder. All right, here we go. Here's the next one. Okay. All canon Star Wars is good, actually. Every movie and TV show provides added value to the universe, and even the least popular entries have some really excellent moments. There's no bad Star Wars. That is from At Cinema Swap. <laughs> There's no bad Star Wars. Um, no, I think you have to watch Attack of the Clones, and, and you have to be like, this is bad. <laughs> and then we need to have that conversation. <laughs> yeah, and then we need to have that conversation. Um, is there? A, can listen? Can can flowers grow from shit? Yes. <laughs> They can and do, they must. But shit still is shit. You know what I mean? You're not changing what shit is. It's oh I, I'm not shit is an important part of the a part of the ecosystem. Very true. Right? So Circle like Circle of life. Right? But that doesn't mean that to, like, I I wanna hold it and 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 smell it and you know, watch it all the time. No, it's still shit. It's, it's it's there and it does its thing and that's great. And it's glad and we're glad that flowers grow from it. And we're glad that, you know. We 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 got uh, you know Kit Fisto from Attack of the Clones. Listen, right. do you guys know who I'm talking about? Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. He's a b beloved Jedi that was in like you see him for maybe three or four seconds in in Attack of the Clones, and then in Clone Wars they they he becomes a, a character. You know, um, so yeah, we're happy we got that. And uh, 
but it's still shitty. It's still very bad. It's still very, very bad. It's not a good movie. No, there is bad Star Wars, and that is it. <laughs> what do you think went wrong with those prequels? I just think George Lucas having free reign of, it turns out, so I, I've always said this uh, uh, in everything I ever do, limitations breed creativity, right? Yes, absolutely. So, so working, uh, George Lucas did nothing but, if you watch those documentaries, he does nothing but complain about all the limitations he had placed on him when he was making the first Star Wars movie. Yep. Uh, we, they only had a million dollars to make the movie, and they the studio wouldn't, you know, generally was really wanting them to make it for way less than that. Yeah. Um, so he had to go and he had to do all these things and, you know, he had to work in all these uh, limitations, but we got absolute gold out of it. And, uh, and when it came time to make the prequels, it just wasn't that at all. Yeah. It was the opposite. Everyone said yes. There's a really great scene in the making of episode one um, the Phantom Menace documentary where it's like, it's just everyone standing around the storyboard. They had just seen like, I think it's like they just seen like the dailies or something. And they were like, everyone, you could tell everyone knew it was bad. And no one was saying anything. Oh. George Lucas was just like, yeah, no, pretty good, pretty good. And everyone's just like, um, yeah, Shit. it's really good. Oh my god! Oh. oh my god! I can only imagine. It's bad. It's 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 a funny watch now, but yeah, at the time. But that's why, because he had no one, no one pushing against them, no one, no limitations uh, for him. Did not breed really good, great creative. Reminds me of the Spider-Man musical. <laughs> yeah, and all the stories oh. about that. I just found out Bono wrote that. Is that right? Hey, yeah, Bono on the Edge. You want to learn more about that? that. Uh, Jocelyn, Jocelyn Getty. Jocelyn Getty, yeah. 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 Learned so much. Uh, and to wrap this up, what is your hottest Star Wars take? Or I think just I, a hot one. I think I gave my hottest Star Wars take earlier, which is that Boba Fett is not at all cool. Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. never done a single thing that's cool. Uh, he, Other than have a helmet and a jetpack. I mean, I'm uh, spoiler alert for Book of Boba Fett. He kills a very beloved character in that story named Cad Bane. And that, I, I can't even call it cool because you killed Cad Bane. We liked Cad Bane. Don't kill him. You're not our friend. This is <laughs> you know? not on our side. He's a bad guy, sure, but we liked him. Um, Boba Fett does nothing but flub everything, screw everything up, gives bad direction. He's a bad leader. He tried to be a, a crime lord and couldn't do it. Uh, he hired a bunch of teens to be his, like, muscle. Uh, <laughs> I, Steph, I know you said you hadn't watched this yet, but, like, it's okay. do. It's funny because there's a lot of bad stuff in it. But also, not bad. It's okay. <laughs> It's there's terrible. no bad Watch Star Wars. It's pretty good. There's no bad Star Wars. Uh, he dies and he, yeah, he's not. Listen, Boba Fett looked cool and that's it. And that's it. he should have been left a mystery character. Just, I oh, imagine. Well, imagine. imagine. We all could have just cool. guessed what he was. Yeah. And now ha- we know. I have to know, Steph, very quickly, do you have a hot take on this? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Um, do I have? Because I'll say mine was obviously the writing is really bad, but I will also say <sighs> Kylo Ren. That's that's my hot take. Just a sigh and Kyle. A sigh. I feel conflicted about him. Good moments, but also once in a while, no. Oh, such I, promise, and then the third movie ruined it. That is exactly yeah. my feeling. That's yeah. what happened there. Yeah, I feel he, like... Because in Last Jedi, he's incredible. Yes, completely. He's my favorite agree. character. Very cool, yeah, but yeah. then they really tanked him at yeah. the end. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they ruined it. Everything in that movie's bad. I feel like it was just a, <laughs> an avatar. Except for Babu Frick. Oh, Babu. We love Babu. We love Babu Frick. We love Babu Frick. Yeah. Um, yeah, it feels like he's an avatar for Toxic. Uh, masculinity and fandom oh, in, yeah. in such a way of just like, cool, whiny bad boy. Which, if I know we're trying to wrap this up very quickly. I will say this. I think actually a hot take I have is that uh, the Star Wars fandom, 
is Darth uh, Vader. Is uh, I mean, I don't know if it's hot at all. Uh, is is really is in a dark place right now, and um, it's going to take the rest of the Star Wars fandom to uh, uh, help it. Yeah. Right. Um, and I love that uh, Ewan McGregor did that, made that video, and it seems like. Disney is is really sort of standing more behind their actors and creators currently uh, than they did with with uh, Last Jedi. So hopefully that continues, and hopefully as Star Wars fans, we can all like show that um, you know hating characters because they're played by people of color is not something that we at all support in any in any way, shape, or form. Yes, that the universe is very diverse, and if you're on board with whatever aliens, then how? why are you so not on board with a black storm? Group? Yeah, and you know why. Come on. Y- you know why. Just Come on, man. People are shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's, we're big fans of positive fandom here. Yes, it doesn't yes. need to be toxic, no. so be a Jedi, not a Sith. Come on, man. Yeah. There you go. Simple. You're, it's you've been right rooting there. for them the whole time. It's right Come in, on. It's right there. Uh, Jedi have their problems, too. Uh, maybe just be a, a droid. <laughs> yeah, be yeah, a be a, droid. a sassy little screamer. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> okay. um, at the end of every episode, we love to share our micro fandoms of the week, which we'll do in just one little moment. But before we do, we'd love to talk about how uh, you can support our show if you are so inclined. Uh, tons of free ways that would be greatly appreciated. Um, please tell your nerdy friends about us. Uh, get on your podcast provider of choice and leave us a little rate, review, and subscribe. We love that. We love that. You can even leave just a one-word review uh, or maybe a couple. It'd be like, Boba Fett's fine. Or just Frick. Frick. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Um, and leaving those reviews helps us move up in the charts and means that we can have uh, more people finding out about us uh, and talking about their fandoms. Uh, you can reach out, follow us, or send us compliments, please no insults, at Fandom Show Pod, um, or vid- visit us at our website, thefandomshow.com. Absolutely. We also have merch. You can buy some of it for you and your body. <laughs> uh, it's uh, You can find that stuff at tpublic.thefandomshow.com and help rep us again. Helps us get more fan fans. And also, if you would like to support us monetarily, because this podcast will always be free, but you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash thefandomshow, where you can throw some of your hard-earned credits our way. For a couple bucks a month, you can listen to episodes early, you get shout-outs, you can submit more hot takes. Um, there's so much you get. Uh, so please check it out, and thank you so, so, so much for your support, whether you are listening, whether you are on the Patreon, whether you are just hanging out in our Discord. We love you all. Thank you so much for helping us make this podcast. Um, and thank you to Yusu Kim for our wonderful theme song. Um, and now for our micro-fandoms of the week, starting with Kaya. What are you fanning? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so um, I recently uh, read a book... Um, hang on, I have to find the, yeah, got it. Okay, I uh, recently read this wonderful book called Gideon the Ninth. It is by Tamsin Muir, um, and it is such a weird, fun, wonderful, fun ride. It is about a bunch of necromancers. It's in like a future where necromancy is like the magic that exists in the world, and there's various kinds of it. There's like bone magic, there's blood magic, there's spirit magic, there's all sorts of cool stuff. Um, and it's about a, uh, 
a bunch of necromancers who all come together from different colonies on different planets. Um, and it's also very gay, which as we know, <laughs> I love. Um, <laughs> so I couldn't recommend this book more. It is a fun, silly, lovely, pulpy ride, great summer read. And uh, there is a second one as well. Uh, and a third one. Uh, <laughs> close. Um, <laughs> and uh, I believe it's called Harrow the Ninth. Um, and then there will also be a third book coming out very shortly, I believe, end of the summer. Who so the ninth is that one? I don't know. We don't know. You'll have to read to find out. <laughs> Jeremy the ninth. Nice. I love it. <laughs> Craig the ninth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Andy, what are you fanning out about? Oh, right wow. Now? What am I fanning out? Uh, I'm reading the uh, Stormlight Archive by Brandon Sanderson, which is uh, a good book series. I would recommend it. It's really cool. Um, uh, if you're a Brandon Sanderson fan, uh, I've check heard it great out. things. Yeah, it's really good. I'm on the third book, which is a little slower right now, but you know it'll pick up, I'm sure. But the first two are really good. But what I'm really fanning, which I haven't been able to get into because I'm in the midst of writing process at Second City, is D and D. Yeah. Oh yeah, I got into it uh, like during the pandemic. We started playing on Zoom. Amazing. And um, who's your ooh, character? What's your character? My character is a. Um, uh, uh, I'm a. Uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Arcane Knight. Was it? Cool. Yes. No. Is that what they're called? I can't remember. Because it's been a year since I played. Oh, <laughs> because you've been busy. Yeah. Yeah, of course. So, uh, oh, that's, that's, that's not the name of it. Anyways, whatever. I'm the fighter that's like half magic, half knight. Yeah, oh. like a paladin um, type thing. Yeah, not a paladin, but yes. Yeah. But yes. Um, and um, uh, we're, we just, we took, we're taking so long to get through it because we could meet so infrequently, but we're doing the um, the classic first one that everyone does. The, 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 the Minds of... Something, oh. something where you fight a bunch of goblins at the beginning and Eldritch Knight. Eldritch Knight, thank you. You're welcome. Yes, I that's, it that's what I am. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I'm just loving it, man. I just love every bit of it. It's I'm I'm. It makes me sad sometimes that I discovered it so late in my life that I don't have thirty years of playing D and D already totally under my belt. It. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Like, uh, so I'm just like it's one of those things where I was like listening to all these D and D podcasts. I'm watching D and D YouTube videos and like I'm like oh, I just want to play. Oh, I just want to play all the time. Um, <laughs> it's like urge to catch up yeah. on those thirty years. And now of course I'm in seconds. I'm, I'm on Main Stage Second City, and every single night of the week except for one is taken up doing shows. So I'm like. <laughs> Well, when will I ever play D&D ever again? Yeah. Try to get a daytime game going with, uh, with, with my group. But yeah, I'm into it. I love it. I, it's so fun. What oh. a delightful discovery. Congratulations yeah. on that. Yeah, I'm really happy. Yes. A lifetime so of fun. fun. Yep. So we're recording this. It's mid-June right now. This is. is probably going to come out uh, where this uh, conversation would maybe be different. Happy uh, but Pride. It's, oh, happy Pride. Happy Pride um, Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. We've just finished watching the first uh, number of episodes. Is it six or eight? I think it's seven. Six, seven. What a weird number to stop on. Yeah, um, and waiting for the last two episodes to be released. And I, like literally everyone in the entire world, am obsessed with the song Running Up That Hill. Uh, <laughs> for I can't, reasons we will not, we'll not explain to you right I now. I will not explain why, but it's, it's featured in the show in some beautiful ways. Um, I assume you've heard it, uh, but if not... Uh, Please listen to that song. That song is just so beautiful, and it's so nice to see Kate Bush arguably having more success now than she did <laughs> yeah. in the 80s when she yeah. was uh, when she was originally performing. It's the Bush Renaissance. It's the Bush Renaissance. But not in the way you think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank God it's that Bush. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. They already had a second run, those, those other Bush. When yeah. I was a kid, I thought that song was about a squirrel. I'm not joking. <laughs> I really did. I thought it was a person singing about a squirrel 
It's just one of those things that when you're a little kid, just like, yep. Your brain took it. Yeah, your brain's like, like, yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense. Running up that hill, running up that building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's a squirrel. Yeah, yeah. He's switching up hills. Yeah. This person wants to switch places with a squirrel, and they're asking God <laughs> if they can do it. Yeah, make a deal with God. Yeah, make a deal with God. Hey, listen, how about how about this God? I'd be a squirrel for a bit. Squirrel be as me for a bit. Honestly, good deal. <laughs> I, was, I was just gonna say this will only make stuff like it. I more. want to be a. I would love to be a squirrel. <laughs> I, I can't express why I would love to be a squirrel, and there's no words for it. But my soul wants to be a squirrel. <laughs> And tying it all back in, Steph, what's your D&D character? My D&D character's a squirrel! <laughs> <laughs> it's a squirrel? His name is... Uh, so we created um, a sort of like... Uh, it's a homebrew yeah. we created ourselves. Uh, and it's a woodlands campaign. Oh, cool. Uh, so I am a tiny uh, squirrel druid, a fire druid. That's sick. Uh, Kaya is an elephant warrior. Yep. Uh, and I come from uh, elsewhere in the world, not the woodlands, to yeah. be clear. We and do not think that's a woodlands. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> uh, and then there's... Uh, our friend is playing... Um, uh, monk uh, raccoon. Yeah. Oh, very cool. We yeah. basically also started playing at the beginning of pandemic and when our DM uh, who is wonderful asked us what we wanted to play we were like not humans. Absolutely not. Not people. We, we don't want people in this <laughs> We don't world. want any more people. That's so funny. Yeah. Uh, so we went with animals which are a little less uh, saddled with a bunch of baggage and yeah. stuff. I went right away to a human because I was yeah, I'm a human uh, Eldritch Knight because I was like I just want the freedom of like the, 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 the I'm very like like Stats stuff. I really like the stats. Right. Part. Uh, I'm really into sense. the stats part. Yeah. So like the humans getting to like pick more. You know, I don't, I don't, humans are very good for that. They're yeah. very flexible. You get a different. You get like an additional like skill or whatever it is. Which yeah. is like oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah cool. It's a good yeah, move. Yeah, yeah. It's a good yeah. move. Yeah. yeah. All right. Amazing. Thank you so much, Andy. Wow, for thanks for being having me. Here. This was great. Uh, this was where can people find you? Anything you want to plug right now? Just check me out on on. Your Twitters, uh, Andy Hullbone, that's me, um, H-U-L-L, that's Andy Hullbone. Um, yeah, I'm, and if you're in the Toronto area, you can come down to Second City uh, at, out at Comedy Bar East um, on the Danforth. I'm there every night except Mondays, and I'm doing the show called, maybe you guys don't even know oh, this I don't yet. know yet. The show is, uh, it opens on the 22nd of June, and it is officially called... Uh, wait, why can't I remember the name of the show? <laughs> you can it's do this called uh, Mission Totally Possible. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Sure, great. yeah, sure. <laughs> Love it. It's that's great. So, so yeah, you can check that out. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, watch Space Janitors, which is a, an old series I did if you like Star Wars where it's like, it's um, uh, it's it's on Geek and Sundry and it's on spacejanitors.com and it's, uh, it's a show that's about the two janitors who work at the Death Star. Yeah. And it's, Love it. it's a lot of fun. It's a very fun series. It's a fun great. web series. Highly yeah. recommend. Um, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, love the things you love and tell everyone about them. Bye. Bye. The Phantom Show. The Fandom Show is produced by Andrew Ivamy as part of the From Superheroes Network. For more great podcasts like this, as well as webcomics, articles, and so much more, visit FromSuperheroes.com.